Psalm 4, King James Version, verse 1. I love the Psalms. Uh, most of them are written by King David. And it says here in this start of this psalm, Hear me when I call, O God, my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. The New King James says it without the these and thous. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. In the midst of trouble, God was sorting things out for the psalmist, for David. You've helped me. You are my help. And uh, two, two words that stand out here in the Hebrew, distress and enlarged. I want to talk to you about these two words. Distressed is tsar, T-S-A-R, tsar. And it's, it's a confinement word. It's, it's like being quarantined or being restricted. It's too narrow. It's closed in, hemmed in. Between a rock and a hard place, highly pressured, afflicted by an adversary, feeling like you're under the knife. It's, it's a pressure idea. And he said that even when I was in distress, God, you were doing some amazing things. You were countering these things and you were answering my prayer. And the word enlarged, in my, my preferred uh, translation of the New American Standard Bible, he said, answer me when I call, O God, of my, my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress. Well, so relieved me. You've, you've opened a door. It says in Revelation that he opens a door no man can shut. And it's an amazing thing how God will, will open things. God will restore things. God will cause people to thrive in the midst of confinement. And um, this is the case here in this word. It says... He will enlarge me. That word is rakab, rakab. And it means that he'll make a way. He'll make room for you. He'll lead you to a broad path to give ample room, to make wide, to expand. And uh, what a great word. There's a lexicon that has a, tran the, uh, a definition for it. It says to make a wide space for everyone to make room for him and to deliver him out of distress. What distress are you in right now? What pressure? I don't know the details of Psalm 4 with David. We know as we read in Chronicles and his experiences through his life and Samuel and so forth that he was under attack, battles, you know, uh, terrible pressures through his life, failure of his own personal failure, restoration from, through repentance and God's mercy. But whatever the distress was in his case, God was making a way for him. And I want to say whatever this distress is in your case, God will make a way. He makes a roadway in the wilderness and he makes a river in the desert. He made a way for humanity when after he made everything glorious and beautiful, and uh, the splendor, the pre-fall glory of the blessing of the fellowship and the intimacy between Adam and Eve and God, how beautiful it was and pure it was until temptation and sin entered in and man's problem became separation from God. And then God, in the perfect timing, in the midst of our distress, he provided an enlargement. He provided a 
a deliverance, a, a relief. He relieved me in my distress. And that relief, how do you spell relief? J-E-S-U-S. Jesus, the Savior. Jesus, the Redeemer. Jesus, the Deliverer. God sent his son not to condemn the world, but to save the world. He came to relieve us from our distress. He came to deliver us. And so we, what we see here is fascinating. He'll make ample room. I have watched the Lord in my life make ample room for me when it was impossible in my own personal efforts. I looked at circumstances and I thought, how is this going to turn around? And God, by his mercy, his grace, his power, his willingness, his faithfulness, he's always causing things to work together for good. And that is something I want to celebrate, the liberation that came from Jesus. As we meditate on this, I think about an amazing snapshot in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. So if you want to turn back to 1 Chronicles with me, I want to show you one of the applications of this verse. It's in chapter 4, and it's, it's verse 9. And it's in the middle of a, the line of Hur uh, and Asher. And it goes and it names people who begat people who begat people who begat people, which are all very significant, you know. You, you know, why are the genealogies there? To show continuity and to show God's faithfulness in individuals. And it's, it, they're actually really important. And I, I have a hard time pronouncing some of the names like you do. But right now, this is an interesting verse because it stops. It goes, it says, Kaz was the father of Anub. And uh, I'm not even going to try to spell some of these guys' names. And the family of so-and-so. And then it gets to nine. And it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because, saying, because I bore him in pain. So on my margin, I looked up the word Jabez, and it means pain. So this guy's name was Pain. You know, now some people are named George, some people are named William, some people are named, uh, you know, Debbie, some people are named Bill or whatever. But then this guy's name was Jabez. So it's like, hey, Pain. But this is interesting that he was more honorable than his brothers. Now, there's not much written about this in this portion, but it, it's very telling because the only thing that it says here in verse 10 and 11 is that's the only little snapshot of what we hear about Jabez. So we, let's find out what, what was more honorable than other people. What was it? And here's what it was. He called on the God of Israel. Okay, so that's one of the indicators is that Jabez was reliant upon God, and that's honorable. He was calling upon God in prayer. That's honorable. And apparently he was more honorable than his brothers. So maybe they weren't calling upon God, or maybe they were just kind of, you know, not being dependent or desperate for God or reliable on God. It seems that this was what is the start of this, is this heart thing, that this desire that apparently God commends here and that was in Jabez's life. God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm and that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. So this is a very distilled 
succinct, multifaceted prayer. It was honorable, and God was pleased, and he alerts us to this and has this written here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, not so we can develop some sort of rote prayer pattern that we just keep banging away at, but, but better yet, it indicates what can happen when somebody has been restricted or confined by labels. Hey, your name is Payne. And he's like, at the last part of his prayer, he said that it would not pain me. He didn't want to be governed by the previously imposed restrictions. That honors God when we come to him with confidence in how big he is, how supernatural he is, how willing he is and readily available he is to answer prayer. Now, God, listen, he's almighty and he's holy. You don't put him in your pocket. You know, he's not somebody like a rabbit's foot. We rub it and get, get, all, get all lucky. He is God and he is holy. But this was honorable. This is, this is not something to write off. Like, oh, this is bad that he's asking. He's, is, he in a, is he starting a bless me club? You know, because he asked God to bless him. Well, that's where the blessing comes from. Where, how else are you going to really move forward in life? He, in fact, by saying, would you bless me, is acknowledging something huge about his awareness and his acknowledgement of how good God is. And that is honorable to God. He's not coming to God going, oh, I don't want to ask for anything for myself. No, he comes in boldly. And in fact, in the New Testament, it says, we're to draw near with confidence to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Desperate. And I love this verse of Psalm 4. Hey, when I was in distress, God enlarged my, he enlarged me. When I was in distress, God helped me out. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. And that's what I think is happening here. And by the way, that word enlarged, rakab, is the same word here in the next portion of 1 Chronicles 4 when he says, oh, that you'd bless me indeed and enlarge my border. Enlarge my border where it's not like, you know, the perks of a credit card, you know, everywhere I go, I mean, what's in your pocket? No, no, no. God never can, you can't pack God in your pocket. God is massive and holy. But listen, I think it's also equally smug to go, oh, no, no, I don't want to ask God for anything. I don't think God's pleased with that because I do know God was pleased with Jabez and I'm trying to figure out why. And the why of it is answered by Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, this, this was honorable apparently to God. Oh, that you would bless me indeed, not just in word, not just in theory, but in actuality, in practicality, and enlarge my border. Hey, listen, man, the Bible says our life is a vapor. And that could be very defeatist. It's like, Oh, life is a vapor, all flesh is grass, and it, it grows up and then it withers and it blows away, and you know, that's what the, you know, the way of all flesh and all that stuff. You can get very morbid about it. I think it's important that we understand the brevity of life, but I also think we need to understand the importance and the value of a life of faith and a life of yieldedness to God and a life of prayerful dedication and a life of fervent, enthusiastic boldness. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And he called out to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you bless me indeed, and enlarge Rakab, my borders. Take my limitations. They've named me pain. I want to shake off these limitations. I know people 
who were raised in economic hardship, and they worked to break out of that confine. I know people who have been raised in dysfunctional settings. They decided it's not going to continue. I know a guy who was raised hearing racial slurs from his parents and family, and he opted out on it and said, it's stopping with my generation. And he said, and he, because he broke it in his cycle, it also didn't pass down into his son. He wanted to break out of a previous containment of, of darkness, of impropriety, of, of harshness, of prejudice in that case. Lincoln broke out of poverty. George Washington Carver broke out of the ominous resistance to his personhood. Jabez refused to be marginalized, refused to be defeated, and he was more honorable. He was called more honorable than his brothers because, not because he was defiant, not because he's shaking his fist in the air and saying, I'll show you. It's not that kind of spirit. He's going to God. He's not whining. He's not being, I'll show you, trying to prove himself. But what he is doing is saying, I'm going to get help from God. <laughs> I'm going to go to God. And this is what he did. Oh, that you bless me indeed and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me. You know, I've heard it said, you know, hey, the Lord's hand is on you. When I was a young person, people that were over me in the Lord, my leadership, they said, hey, God, we see God's hand on your life. And they said that about my wife. You know, we, they, they perceived a calling. And it was so encouraging, you know, but that phrase, God's hand is on your life, is a big idea that whatever God touches, whatever God puts his hand to and upon, it's a blessed, enlarged, rakab out of a narrow, close, hemmed-in place and into, a, into an amazing potential. And this is the transitional idea here. If you put your hand on me, it'll change everything. I realized when I, you know, according to my mom at my birth, Jabez would say, I caused her pain. So they named me pain, you know. Well, I understand that. It doesn't, it also, you don't see him saying, I'm so mad at my mother. I talked to a person who through the whole course of his life, his mother never really assured him of her affection. He he, did, he said, but here's what he said, though. I didn't hold, I never held it against her. He understood. He actually empathized with her and didn't let that become a thing where it would develop a chip on his shoulder and he'd get resentful and be bitter and have mom issues all his life. He actually understood it, factored it in, didn't let it, uh, didn't let it suppress him. He just kept pressing on in his life. And this is, I think, what's happening here with Jabez He's asking God, if you put your hand on me, it's going to change everything. If you bless me, I'm not going to be a pain anymore. I'm going to overcome my limitations and my labels. And that you would keep me from harm. Boy, that's big right now, isn't it? Nothing wrong with praying that. Because God, in fact, does deliver us from the snare of the fowler. He's given his angels charge over us to guard us in all our ways. They bear us up in their hands so we don't dash our foot against a stone. One of my kids said, Dad, you bang into into things all the time. I said, come on. And they said, well, just look at your shins. I thought, that is insulting. I looked at my shins. I've got probably 30 amazing marks on both shins. I've got one here that it took 
five months to heal. And it wasn't my fault, that one. You ever bang into something and look around, who can I get mad at? And you're the only one there? What a bummer when that happens. But anyway, yeah, I mean, my dad even told me there was a period of time where our insurance adjuster knew my, me on a first-name basis because I had to go to the hospital and get stitches for a period of time, every, once a month. Uh, so, yeah, you know, thank God for angels. I've had angels help me before I was saved, and so have you. And God is interested in delivering you from harm. He does care about you. He does love you. Listen, I wear a seatbelt when I get in the car. I adjust my mirrors like the driver's ed teacher taught me to. I, I'm looking through my, on my blind spot. I'm grateful now for the car technology where uh, the car will sound an alarm if somebody's up too close to you. And they're, even on your rearview mirror, there are little lights now that tell you there are people in your blind spot. I'm glad they're finally doing that kind of thing. But you know what? Before... The technology was there. God already had high-tech angels all encamped around us to, to protect us. And in fact, we ought to always and often pray, God, I trust you to protect. I, the, the old saints, used to, when I was young, I used to hear them pray for traveling mercies. And I don't really see that in the Old or New Testament, that phrase, but I see it everywhere in the Old and New Testament, that God is good and he is faithful to protect us on land, sea, and air. And I just pray, by the way, for protection on you in the name of Jesus. You look at the, the pattern of this and you see key features emerge that are up front, candidly explained as Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And it's like, we want to honor God, don't we? We want to be honorable. We don't, we don't want to be dishonorable. So then what did he do? He called upon the Lord, refused to be limited, and by labels and limitations, he understood, you know, it dignifies God when we make big requests because we're acknowledging how vast and powerful and abundant he is. And it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to express our confident faith in God. It's honorable. And he said, deliver me from harm, keep me from harm, and uh, that it may not pain me. Now, his name was pain. He gave his mother pain, but he wanted that cycle to stop, and he didn't want it to be in his life anymore. What is it that you need to be enlarged in in your distress? Psalm 4.1, you have enlarged me when I was in distress. What is, this? what is the distress right now? What is it? The loss of a job? The disruption of your social life? Illness? Sickness? Fear, depression, what is it? Jabez experienced enlargement. Enlarge my border. Expand my vision. Increase my capacity. Uh, stir a hunger in me. God, as I read your word, I thank you that it produces faith. Ever increasing, growing, developing faith. Oh, let's finish with this. Psalm 119 Verse 32, Psalm 119, this is how we're going to finish this. We're going to pray together, and it is going to be helpful to all of us. Psalm 119, verse 32. Check this out. And here's another a reference to the word rahab, which is to broaden, to give ample room, to make wide, to, to expand. He said, I shall run the way of your commandments. 
For you will enlarge, rakab, expand, enliven my heart, revive my heart. Now, I believe that he will increase your heart and enlarge it for a greater capacity of love, for a greater capacity of hope, for a greater capacity of faith, for more joy. We sang, your joy is going to be my strength. I've traded my sorrows. And it is amazing and important that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And in Lisa's last song about just isn't he, isn't he so wonderful and holy? And as I was pacing and just thinking about what she was singing and singing along and riding on those ideas. And, and, I, and I pray you do that with this, oh, that you bless me indeed and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm and that it might not pain me. And God granted him what he requested and God granted him what he requested. That is the covenant-keeping, prayer-answering, almighty God that is indicated in this book that when David said in Psalm 4, hey man, you've been good to me, Lord. And he said, answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have relieved me. You have enlarged me. You have opened a door for me. You have broadened the way. I felt one time a, a friend of mine was praying for me and he said, listen, God is leading you into a wide open space so it's not a tightrope walk. Sometimes we get, as Christians, we get, oh, oh, oh. I mean, we, you know, God, when God is opening a door no man can shut, around here, around this church, we've looked at Isaiah 54 too, where the Lord instructed the people of that day to enlarge the place of your tent and stretch, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your descendants will possess nations. That is enlargement, stretching, expanding. We've done that. One year we bought eight acres over there and 1.1 acre over there. We've been growing and amassing for important kingdom purposes up ahead. The place you're in is too small. And we've got to keep lifting our eyes. We've got to keep trusting God. We've got to keep looking unto him and, and be honorable like, for example, the snapshot of Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4. We look at David where he said, in my distress, you enlarged me when I was in distress. I'll tell you, man, it's interesting how opportunities will come to you because usually it's not in an optimal moment. I've had some of the greatest opportunities afforded me when I was depleted, tired, distracted, <laughs> tempted to check out, and yet, by the grace of God, oh, God, that you could have your hand on me as you enlarge my borders and you'd be with me and bless me. And you know, it's not like, gimme, gimme, I, I, me, me, my. I don't, think I've, I don't think that's honorable, and I don't think Jabez would have done that. Jabez was not doing that. It wasn't like a self-actualization hype, and the guy wasn't like being domineering and demanding. He, it said right up front, was more honorable than his brothers. And then it says this is what he did. And it was certainly honorable 
for David to articulate that when you enlarged me when I was in my distress. Or later on when he wrote, or whoever wrote Psalm 119, when he said, um, for you will enlarge my heart. Heavenly Father, I pray you would enlarge our capacity in this era we're in. That you'd enlarge our vision, expand us, open doors no man could shut, enable us to see where we haven't seen previously. I pray that you would give us insight and wisdom, for you have urged us to ask for wisdom in James chapter 1, verse 5. You told us in the Proverbs again and again to obtain wisdom and understanding, and that's why we've gone into your scriptures, Psalms and First Chronicles, Isaiah, this topic of enlargement, this word, rakab, we focus on this enlargement. God, in the early church, you added to the church daily those who were being saved. So during this time of quarantine, I pray for enlargement, that whole households will be saved and multitudes will come to the kingdom of God. Backslidden and wayward Christians will find their way back to Jesus. Atheists and agnostics will finally recognize how good God is and how real Jesus is and how important it is to surrender to him. And God, I pray for people, if they're not saved, they would get saved and give their hearts to the Lord right now. And I pray for people that are away from you that they'll find their way back to you. I sat next to a man yesterday and I overheard him and he wanted me to overhear him. I wasn't eavesdropping. He said it for my hearing as well. I was halfway with the Lord. I'm going to go all out for God. The halfway thing didn't work. I'm going all out for God. That's you. And then, man, I want to honor God and I need blessing. I want to be delivered from pain and harm. I want to be in a situation where God can use me. And I, I ask God that you will lead people into out of sin and into truth, out of double-mindedness and into focus, and out of all that distress, Lord. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Jesus' name, Lord, confined by all these adverse circumstances, and yet you enlarged us. You have promoted and blessed and brought my wife and me through stuff that was harsh, and it, it looked impossible. Some of it was harder than other times, but yet you always cause us to triumph. By your grace, we're still here. So, Lord Jesus, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Be number one in my life. I want to honor you for the rest of my days. Even though my life is a vapor, what a vapor. I want to make the most of my time because the days are evil. So, Lord, bless me. Enlarge my border. May your hand be with me. Keep me from harm that it might not pain me. And in Jesus' name, I thank you. You, are, you grant my request. In Jesus' name. Listen, one of the ways that can prevent us from being stir-crazy is to discipline ourselves. Talent is good. Opportunities are good. Motivation is good. But the precious possession of a man is diligence, discipline. And if you feel like an undisciplined person, you can discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, and the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, or discipline, it says in the New American Standard. 
Galatians chapter 5. So that means that it's a grace. It's something God can, does, he does impart into a person. And so in Jesus' name, I pray we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. We take on this concept of God enlarging us in, in a time of distress. And listen, promotion is on the way. Promotion comes from the Lord. So he opens up doors. He gives favor. He makes a way where there is no way. So in Jesus' name, I pray blessing on you. I'll see you Sunday. God bless you.